Hey sister, are you ready to create more alignment, more freedom, more impact, and more abundance so you can live a life that you freaking love? You're listening to Living in Your Full Potential, the podcast for conscious female entrepreneurs that are ready to rock their life and business with bliss, joy, and ease. I'm Jenna Fay, founder of The Sacred She Sisterhood, full-time digital nomad, women's mindset coach, and online business success strategist. You can expect impactful, valuable trainings that'll give you the high-level strategy and the nuts and bolts of creating a life in your full potential. So are you ready, sister? Here we go. Hello, ladies, and welcome to a special episode of the Living in Your Full Potential podcast. I'm recording this one live today with a very special guest expert joining me, Jennifer Hardy, and we are going to be talking all about rising up and how to overcome challenges. She's going to share some of her journey with us and share some value to help you on your own journey of how you can continue to rise up, even if sometimes you feel like it's really hard and everything is up against you and you're not really sure what your next step should be. That's what we're going to be talking about today. So I'm so excited for us to dive into this. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's fab to be on your beautiful show. Thank you very much. Yes, I'm so excited that you're here and we're live inside the Sacred She Sisterhood community. So let us know if you're hopping on and joining us or if you're listening to this on the podcast. Let us know in the comments that you were here. Subscribe and definitely you can connect with Jennifer. We're going to talk all at the end of where you can stay in touch with her. So before we jump into everything, I would so love it, Jennifer, if you can just tell us a little bit more about yourself, who you are and what you do, and then we'll take it from there. Yeah, well, basically, I am from Scotland, as you can tell by the accent. Um, I'm a digital marketing strategist. I'm an empowerment coach, published writer, number one best-selling author, and Scottish ambassador for Ladies of All Nations. Um, I've got a couple of things going on at the moment, like TV show, podcast show, and things like that. But really, it's all just platforms for women um, to showcase what they're doing and what they're all about. Um, I'm a mum of three as well though which is obviously super super tricky um, <laughs> and have that balance but um but yeah I absolutely adore what I do and you just find a way you definitely find a way um so I'm trying to think there's anything exciting oh my dog he's beautiful his name is Bruce Springsteen chocolate lab um, I live with my husband as well so yeah it's a very very busy house um but I I'm here to serve. So I've got lots of beautiful clients all over the world at the moment um, and and people coming on and doing the podcast shows and stuff like this as well. So it's, it's amazing. I, I love this concept of podcast shows. You get to speak to people yeah. all over the world and share your journey and your story and find out about them as well, which is more important. So yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Super similar vibration and just idea around empowering and connecting other women. And that's really what it's all about. It's just helping from what we've learned and skills and things that we've taken on and helping to help facilitate that for other people. So I love what you're doing. And it's so freaking inspiring the fact that you balance being a mom of three and all of the amazing projects and businesses and everything else that you have going on. I've had the opportunity to get to know you and I'm so blessed that our paths have crossed and can't continue. I can't wait to continue to get to know you and just see what other magic you create. So why don't we jump back? And if you can tell me more about really where this journey 
journey all started for you. I know you weren't always an entrepreneur and this isn't, you know, where you're at today wasn't always quite like this. So why don't we scale it back and share with us where this all really started for you? Absolutely. Well, going right back to school, I was never um, an academic by any means. In fact, I was just a dreamer. So I used to look out the window and I wanted to be um, I wanted to be a dancer. I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to sing. So even since I was a tiny little girl, I actually used to get pulled out of uh, school to go and do shows and pantomimes and stuff and, and ballet shows and things like this. Um, so, yeah, I was a performer. That's that's what I was born doing and grew up doing that as well. And went to uni to study theatre arts and I um, went to do a degree actually but it was a practical theatre arts degree um, so it wasn't exactly the most studious of, <laughs> of learning but it was my way of learning you know I think as well everyone is so different when it comes to how they um, take in information and and then transcribe that into the world and for me it was very practical I had to be doing um, and that was just the way that I, that I learned. So that all went fantastically well um, until I was 21 and I had just got a big part in a, in a fantastic show in the West End in London and found out that I was pregnant with my first son. Uh, his name is Joshua. So had Joshua and found myself in a position where I was like, okay, so I've had all these years of theatre arts trainings. I've obviously been working in between as well. You know what it's like when at uni, you have to do other jobs. So I was doing things like working in bars and restaurants and um, and clubs and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I don't want to go back and do that stuff. I don't want to work in retail either. I've done that before. I want to find a way of trying to monetize the only thing that I know that I'm good at at this point. Um, and it was theatre arts. So as Josh got a little bit older, I actually split up with Joshua's father as well. So I was a single mum with him, just looking after him. Um, and it was a couple of years into the journey. So he was about maybe three, four years old at this point. Um, and I didn't want to have to rely on anyone else for help. I, I wanted to go back to work. I enjoyed working. Um, it, for me, the creative mindset thing, you know, I had to be doing something. Mm -hmm. So obviously in the time that I was with Josh, my own, I was raising him. I was looking after him, and but he was getting a bit older, a little bit more independent. I was like, okay, now is a good time because he was doing some nursery classes and stuff. So I decided to start a theatre school. Um, with cool. a couple of kids. Yeah, made, made complete sense to me. Um, with a couple of kids, then obviously Josh was at nursery and going into primary school as well. So I thought, oh, this is a brilliant kind of in for me. I can go and talk to the mums and, and try and get some people on board. So I launched my first class uh, with a ghetto blaster in a church hall. Uh, and about two students turned up and I thought, oh my goodness. So I hadn't <laughs> any marketing, nothing. I had only just kind of told people that I was doing this class. Um, and some people said, oh, I'm really sorry, I can't make it. And all that, you know, you, you always guess, I can't make it this time, I'll come next time and all this. But I paid for the hall and I was like, oh my goodness, so I'm at a loss. Like I'm straight out the gate and I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss with this. So I had to think very quickly on how I was going to raise the word uh, about this. Um, so the thing I said to do was obviously to Joshua and the two kids that came, go and tell everyone that you had fun. Did you have fun? They were like, yeah, I had fun. I was like, okay, go and tell the world how <laughs> it was. So then the next week it grew and then it grew and it grew and it grew and it grew from word of, of mouth. So even the parents that were there um, on that first day went and spoke to other parents and so on and so forth um, and it grew really quickly so by the end of that year kind of going into the next year there was hundreds of children I was wow. teaching adults I had I think there was about 14 classes 
on at this point, all over Scotland, really successful school. Um, I'd also started an agency, so getting the kids out there and getting them TV work and media work and things like that, which was awesome. Um, yeah, so it went incredibly well and again, scaled from that too. But the problem was I was working around about 90 hours a week. And you're going to think that sounds insane because it is. No one should <laughs> work nine hours a week. So Josh was a little bit older. He was seeing his dad. I had obviously my family around. Very, very lucky. So I had my mum, my aunties, my grandmother at this time as well. So I did have a lot of help. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to go out and build this empire. So I was choreographing, directing shows, producing shows, just doing every single thing I could to bring the money in. Because I thought, well, if I have this money, no time. But if I have all this money, I can get a house for me and Josh and I don't have to rely on anyone for help and things like that. But there was no quality of life, none whatsoever. So a couple of years went on anyway. Uh, I did work like that for, believe it or not, kind of like the next four and five years on and off. Wow. I know, I know. Insanity. But um, I met my husband, who I actually met for the first time when I was 16. We split up when I was 20 and then we got back together when Josh was about five, uh, five, six years old. So we got back together and I had my two girls. So I was pregnant with my girls as well. And believe it or not, even when I was having my girls, I was on stage choreographing. Um, I can remember actually having Joya, who is now coming up for four this year. I was standing on stage doing The Wizard of Oz in front of a cast of hundreds of people. Um, just about to drop like days um, before I had her. Wow. This cannot happen anymore. I just remember in that moment just going, I'm, I'm, not, I'm never there. I'm never at home. I'm never at home from the kids that I have, which was Ruby and Joshua. Never mind this one that's just about to come. Um, and of course, I did have holidays and I took time off and things like that, but I was pretty much full on obviously a lot of the work that I was doing was sessional so you know you maybe have like two weeks gaps before you're doing other things but but really it was hell for leather constantly um to try and maintain the standard of living that I wanted for my kids as well and no I don't mean anything like showy or flashy or spoiling them or you know designer thing nothing like that just to make sure that they could have some adventures and experiences mm out as a family and have dinner sometimes and things like that as well so it wasn't as if I was aiming super big um I just wanted a nice quality of life but of course that meant to the detriment of my health and to the detriment of time so had Joya and thought okay the shit has hit the fan massively I can't do this anymore and actually after having her I was super super sick um, I was ill for months I um, couldn't get in my bed completely adrenal fatigue had kicked in but also I was suffering post-traumatic stress after having her because her birth was really hard um, and, and really scary actually um, and postnatal depression so all at once all this hit me it is inevitable really looking back that something like that was going to happen or the universe was going to go right okay you have to reevaluate and look at what's going on in your life and so I did um, I had actually believe it or not took on this other little business, which was um, a network marketing business at the time, and was doing okay with it, but let go, like just let go of all the businesses I had at that point um, when I got sick, just let it all go, just gave it all over. Uh, the schools went to someone that was much um, more capable of running them. She was um, 
she was married, but she didn't have any kids and no commitments. So she was really ready to scale the school. Uh, the agency was passed over and I had other little businesses and um, little bits and pieces as well. And I just was like, okay, done, that's it. So that was really brave because that was my source of income <laughs> for a long time. But we had this network marketing business and I thought, right, this means I can work from home. I don't need to do too much. Fantastic. This is what I'm going to do. So built that business up again. Incredible. Fantastic. Within a year or two, I was number 10 in Scotland, had a fantastic income. Everything was great. But again, this balance of time, I couldn't control. So the more successful I got within that business, the more they wanted me to do stuff, the more they wanted me at the events. Um, the more I was going out and speaking to my teams and other people's teams and so on. Okay, so it's exactly the same thing happened again. Um, and they actually changed the rules within the business. And that was me then, or and, and that was me in a position to go, right, so everything that I've ever done, I've never really had full control because I've had to be either location um, dependent. So I've had to be there and actually physically given the classes. Um, or I've had to be traveling far too much, like just in, in and out of the city, which I'm, I'm, I live in Bridge Valley, which is in the kind of country. So it's about 35, 40 minutes. So there was always something, there was always ways that was tying me down to something. Um, and I thought, okay, so what is the best way for me to draw on all my experience, all my skills? So all the digital stuff that I had learned, obviously, by running these businesses um, over the years all the people kind of skills that I had got under my belt, the media stuff, because obviously I used to do theatre and arts and mm -hmm. you know, film and stuff like that. How can I bring it all together in a way that can help women? And of course, this came around coaching. I thought, okay, amazing, this, this sounds cool. Starting now, by this point, the only coach that I knew, in fact, I didn't know any coaches. I actually went to speak to my cousin and he said to me, you need to look into a woman called Kim Luna. I was like, okay, amazing. <laughs> also Marie Forley, I said, okay, cool. So this was last year, like January of last year. And I was like, right, okay, I'll go and do that. And I looked at these women and I was like, wow, this is incredible. Like what they're creating is amazing. Um, and then of course found other people and other inspirational women and other leaders. And I thought, yeah, I'm gonna, this is what I'm gonna do. This is what I'm gonna do. So Believe it or not, I actually found a coach as well who was in Glasgow and she actually found me. I had started this little women's platform where I was going to go and do um, breakfasts, networking breakfasts for women, just to get myself out there again and to, to try and kind of build what this new business was going to look like for me. Um, I wanted to know what people were struggling with as well and how I could kind of, you know, make sure that my business was something that was going to uh, resonate with people and, and, you know, inevitably sell as well yeah. so I did I started these little network breakfasts and Ruth found me and she messaged me and she was like what you're doing is awesome and I can see what your journey was in the past she used to do a little bit of film and stuff she's like let's go for a coffee went for coffee five minutes later I was doing a course with her literally <laughs> funny how that works yeah it just felt so right um started this and she was she was talking more about some of the kind of strategy stuff and and then I signed up with another coach after that to do more of the sales things. And then another coach after that, which was longer, so 12 months, just as the support and guidance and things. Um, and yeah, so I launched this business in May of last year. And it's been an insane journey. But now for the first time ever in my life, I am fully in control of everything. Um, my diary, my, um, my off time, my on time. 
the projects that I do, absolutely everything. And it, it does feel incredible. And a little tip I will say, because I know that it's fantastic to hear how all this can work. And especially if you've got a family, um, what I do with my diaries, I actually add all of my family time in first. So I don't open my diary normally. Um, I, I do like two weeks, two week blocks. So I'll open my diary for two weeks and then it won't be until the following week that the next week will come available and so on and so forth. So no one's ever been able to book in too far in advance, except from podcast shows, because that's my set days. So that's mm-hmm. fine. But apart from that, like clients or people just wanting to have a quick chat about what I do um, and other projects that I've got, on, got going on, always leave you know a gap where I'm able to go, OK, what's happening with the kids? So say something comes back from the nursery or the school or Josh, my, my older boy, he's 13 now, has a football thing going on. I can put in that diary, okay, this is what's happening. Mm. He says, let's go out for a night out or something. That's in there. Like everything is in there. Uh, time for me. Maybe I'm feeling a bit tired and overwhelmed with things. Maybe I've got a little bit much on. I'm going to take two and a half hours to go to the meditation center or, you know, do something that will give me back some brain and heart space. Um, and then after that, after all my family goes in, like I say, I go in. So a couple of little moments and breathers and days that I can have to, to myself. Not days as such, but hours here and there. And then I open it up to everything else. So to all my work, to all my projects, to all my clients and customers. Um, and I find that that has supported me and, and really looked after me well. So I'm not- I love that. That, and it makes such a difference. I know for me as well, I used to do it the opposite where my schedule, would, I would put in all my work stuff and then it would be family and friends. And then maybe I'd squeeze in some time for myself. But when we can switch that, it's so much more empowering to take our schedule and put our it in by priorities, right? And really show the universe that our priority is first our family and ourselves and then work. And then we're so much more present for your work. Like, have you found for yourself since you've structured it this way that you feel a lot more energized as well and how you show up in your work? Yeah, absolutely. Energized. And also, um, I'm not guilty. I don't ever feel guilty. I don't get that mom guilt anymore because they are the priority. They go in first. I don't miss anything because it's there it's in the diary and and I'll block out time around it as well so that I can maybe go for an ice cream and, and you know do stuff like that um yeah I don't ever get that mum guilt anymore which then makes me feel so much more empowered because that guilt is the most horrible of feelings you know so if you can somehow begin to eradicate that um then yeah much more energized much more excited much more enthusiastic about what you're doing and you can really then serve properly and give your all to the people that you're working with yeah it translates into all areas now you've built a super inspirational and impressive business since may really of last year since you really started going for it from what i understand and from our chats it's it's in a six figure business zone yes yeah multiple now yeah Awesome. So which is so exciting and inspirational. So I would love to hear what are your top couple things that you think has allowed for this to explode in the way it has? Like, has it been investing in yourself? What kinds of things do you think has really made this happen for you? I think that um, although I'll say that it's a multiple six figure business, I've never been able to enjoy that multiple six figures <laughs> as yet. Um, I say that loosely. What I mean by that is um, I've always invested myself. Mm-hmm. So soon as I've hit a benchmark or a glass ceiling um, and I have got and as I'm a creative as well I get bored quite quickly so for example as soon as that started happening I was like okay podcast show 
as soon as that started happening, I was like, okay, now, I'm, now that's up and running. I want something else. TV show and all these stuff or all these things I just done off my own back. So the TV show, for example, was quite a bit of money. There was lots of editing involved. I had to hire a place and um, I had to make sure that all the guests could get there. You know, there was a lot to, to do with that. Coaching wise, I think I've probably invested now around about 45K in, in my coaching journey. Um, but I would not be where I am now had it not been for that. Yeah. So it's, it's one of these things that I think when you are investing in yourself, it can be scary, but the only person you're taking a risk on is yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And hearts of hearts that you're able and you're willing and you know that this is the time, then there should be absolutely nothing stopping you. you the, the fear dissolves because it's like, oh, okay, so I'm risking on myself. Well, there's no real risk then because whatever your why is, is the why that is the reason you have to do it. So, I love that. So that's one thing. Um, what else? What else? What else has made it? Uh, collaboration has been huge for me as well. So making sure that I'm really, um, you know, when I'm speaking to people uh, or whether it's them coming on and doing discovery calls with me, they'll come in and it's not just all about me trying to sell them a product or service. It's like, okay, so where are you within your journey? There's been people that's came on discovery calls with me and actually I've really felt as if they didn't need coaching by me. They needed something else. I'm not a mindset coach, for example. So I would say, you know, I don't think you need the strategy stuff just yet. I think it's mindset stuff you need. Here you go. However, let's do something together. Come on to my podcast show or um, come and do some guest blogging or whatever it may be. So always looking for ways that we can collaborate. Always looking for platforms or ways that I can showcase other women as well. And because you're doing that, it's almost like a byproduct of that. It's them, you know, going and sharing uh, your podcast show or sharing the fact that you shouted them out on Instagram or something like that. And then you've got a couple of people that are like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Let me go and have a little look at what that person's doing. So I think that's how my visibility grew quite quick. Um, but then after that, I believe it's it's all about being authentic um, and having real, not credibility as such, but um, very high standards and morals, you know, and making sure that you deliver. And I, I normally try and under promise and over deliver. I think it's the best way to go. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's just it's much, much better for the person that's involved. You know, um, I can say that I can do all these things, but if I know myself that it's a stretch, then it's not sometimes uncomfortable. However, if I talk it down a little bit, but then I know myself that I'm going to push so much further for them, then it's a brilliant experience all round because they're like, wow, I never expected this, you know, that kind of idea. So I think yeah. that as well. And then having those people have a good experience and go and talk about it um, and, and testimonial um, has been absolutely crucial to the growth. Yeah, the power of connection and collaboration and this new wave of women doing business where it's not all just about getting people and sales and when it's really coming from this heart-centered place, it's funny how things just totally blow up and explode because people can feel that energy and they start sharing 
they start telling other people. That's been a catalyst for me as well as just connecting with other women. And sometimes that means that you sell them a service and you work together in that capacity. Sometimes I've been on calls with people where I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, I think I need your healing services. You're amazing. You know, and you end up buying stuff from them. And then other times, like you said, it's a podcast, it's a blog. So I think just really hitting home on the fact that there's no competition. It's all collaboration. It's all connection. And when you work from that space, it's like all of these things just come out of the woodworks, opportunities, new connections, and things just take off from there. Obviously, there's some grit and some work that goes in as well. Of course, it's a combination of all these things. But I know for sure, and I followed your journey, just that connection and this amazing energy that you have is a huge part of what has led you to all of the success that you've had. So if somebody is listening to us right now and she, the, a listener, and she is more feeling like she's at that rock bottom stage, whatever that looks like, because it's different for all of us. What would be your number one tip to get one foot in front of the other and start moving out of that space and at least in the direction that they want to go? What would you suggest? First thing is meditation. That is what took me out of um, that really horrible dark space after having my daughter. Um, I actually went to see a Buddhist monk <laughs> that lives cool. near uh, his name is um, his name is Banti, and and he is incredible. Um, and I sat in front of him and cried for about five hours, solid. And he just walked in and out, and he didn't say much. He just let me. And this this was obviously years and years of things that I had been carrying on my shoulders, you know, coming out and coming into my head, and and I was releasing massively. And I forgave myself in that moment too. Forgave myself for all the things that I had done wrong. Forgave myself for not being the best mum that I wanted to be. Forgive myself for, oh, you know what it's like, you've got so many things that you want to, um, you beat yourself up about constantly, that negative um, chatter in your brain sometimes just goes crazy. So I forgave myself and said, right, you know, but I am in control of my life. So now I have to take control of that. And I started really slow. So every day after that, um, I just spent, you know, an hour or so reading and doing a little bit of medication, medication, meditation as well. Um, and then I seeked out people or sought out, sorry, people that could help me um, and, and guide me and that I was inspired by. So at this point, it wasn't coaches or anything like that. It was just old friends that were doing really well. I was like, oh, I just wanted to be in that energy mm-hmm. again. I had to just be in that environment again. My, at this point, my Facebook was full of negativity and sadness and it was just bringing me down as well I deleted a lot of the news apps you know just practical things like that um, and really fought hard to find uh, what happiness was for me again and find myself and um, and also to fall in love with myself a little bit again and fall in love with my family because I had got to the point in that illness and that horrible postnatal depression and everything else that was going on that I couldn't really feel and I know that sounds wild but that that is how it was and I had to go back and learn how to love so even things like taking walks um, and and looking up the biggest most beautiful piece of advice I ever got from um, Banty he said you know just when you're walking around just begin to look up because we're used to always being here on the phone Mm -hmm. looking down thinking constantly of the future or thinking of the past and very rarely are we in this moment in this present moment um, so he just said, look up, and I started to do it. So every day I would just go out for a little while and I would look up and I would see something that was beautiful 
whether it was the colour of a tree or a building or whatever it may be. So it was very, very simple things that I started doing from my rock bottom to build myself up. And then credibility wise, I thought when I first went into this business, well, you know, I've, I've not been coaching long. How will anyone take me serious? And all this chatter again that was in your head. Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. But you forget yeah. the years of experience of life. That is credibility enough to mm-hmm. be whatever your heart's calling you to do. I think that's so powerful. And so many people, I know I get this all the time. I'm sure you do where people just don't feel like they're qualified enough or that they're good enough or that it's possible for them. But I just love your story so much. It's so powerful of just showing that there is some behind the scenes stuff, right? It doesn't happen overnight. It can happen fast. Like you've totally rocket ship, but there was this rock bottom point and you didn't just instantly wake up and feel happy. You had to go through all of that to lead you to where you are today, but it's made you so much stronger, so mm. much more aligned, so much more empowered. And that's what you're able to now help people with. I know, and I know that you're more business coaching focused, but I would definitely think that your experiences that led you to where you are today have made you such a better coach to be- better understand and relate with your clients and really see. So I think for anybody that's listening to this, if you have imposter syndrome and you're not feeling good enough, you're not feeling worthy enough, just know that it's so true what Jennifer's saying, that it's what's on the inside. There's a lot of people, whether you're a coach, a network marketer, or whatever it is, where they're not really in integrity. I talk about this a lot. They're not being authentic. And it is just about the money and they don't feel qualified or have the experience, but they're not in it for the right reasons. But if you're truly here to serve and you're truly here to help people, just start taking small action steps. Yeah. Start putting yourself out there like what you were doing and putting yourself out there and just making connections, Mm -hmm. hanging out with people that were positive influences and just figuring out, it sounds like you went through a massive stage of self-identity and really re-identity and just reconnecting with yourself. But that led you to so much beautiful stuff that's just continuing to blossom. So this got me so pumped up and I really appreciate you sharing this with us. Of course, no problem. I just want other women to understand and know that, whatever they're feeling or whatever they're doing at the moment, whatever they're feeling at the moment, if it's a negative thing, it can shift, it can change. You know, this two shall pass is one of the most beautiful short sayings and it's something that have always resonated in my head. Whatever it is that you're going through will pass and you will be coming out of the other end much stronger, much more aligned as well with why you're here and what your mission is. You know, you're you're meant to be in this world. You're here for a reason. You're here to serve in some capacity. Um, and and whatever that may be, it'll be a beautiful thing when it when it does show up for you. Yeah, I've got goosebumps. I don't know if you can see them, but <laughs> that was so so freaking powerful. So tell me, tell us, where can people follow you, connect with you? What do you have going on so that people can continue to be inspired by this amazing movement that you have going on? Thank you so much. Thank you for letting me share. So the Unstoppable Mastermind. Um, it's obviously my Facebook group page, Unstoppable Mastermind, and that's, um, I think there's almost 2,000 beautiful women in there at the moment who are just there to collaborate with each other, to connect, to showcase what they're doing, their skills. There's set days for different things. There's also a, a time that you can come on and actually do training. So if you are like, okay, now I'm ready to get this out into the world, whatever it may be, uh, you can come on on a Wednesday evening and do a training slot if you wish. Um, I've got my website. It's actually um, getting a facelift at the moment. So it'll be a couple of weeks. 
in the making, but it's www.jenniferhardy.me. My old one is still there though, so you can still um, have a wee nosy into it about me page, the blogs and everything else that are up there. Um, I've got the podcast and the TV show. We're probably not going to be doing any more TV recording until next year, but the podcast show is something that constantly runs, so you could absolutely apply to be on that. Um, yeah, and I'm jen.hardy on Instagram as well if you want to come and follow me there, but please feel free to reach out or you know request me or like or whatever. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> Amazing. I so love it. I will make sure I'll go through and I'll link up all these things on the live. So if you're watching this, you're catching the replay, you can go and find Jen. And if you are watching this on the podcast or listening to this on the podcast, you can go into the notes section and I'll have Jennifer's info linked in here for you to connect with her as well. So I want to thank you, Jen, for joining us live. I'll quickly open it up if you're open to that for quick Q&A in case there's any comments. I've seen that there's some gals here with us. So before we we wrap this up. Thank you so much, ladies, for joining us. I see Laura's here, Madonna, Kelly. How's it going, ladies? If you have any questions for Jennifer while we're still live, I'll give it a quick sec. You can pop it in the comments. And if you're catching this on the replay, we'll both get notified. So if you have a question, you can just PM her or comment it here on the live or reach out. So everyone's saying they appreciate, I don't know if you can see the comments with our software, Jen, but Madonna says she appreciates this live so much. And I'm an engineer, you're following you. Kelly's got some hearty emojis and basically the consensus sounds like this is really powerful. So that's exactly what I was wanting for women to take away from this was just to get to hear your amazing story and get inspired right that's what it's all about is just connecting and we learn by sharing our stories and just realizing that we're all just people and money doesn't define us it's that connection this collaboration and money comes along with it the abundance flows so i feel like you're just such a amazing example of that so i'll wrap it up here um and thank you for joining us Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you so much. It's just it's brilliant. This is this is what life is all about. It's, it's these little moments, these collaborations, these connections, and this is what this is what entrepreneurship is now. And that's yeah. That's yeah. amazing. But good luck with your business. Everyone that's watching as well. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'll get everything linked up. And ladies who joined us live, thank you so much. If you're catching the replay, thank you so much. And I'm sure there'll be future things coming up from us sometime in the future. Hey, sister. Thank you so much for listening. And I trust that you found value in the content shared today. Stay tuned for the next episode. I invite you to come say hi and hang out with us in the Sacred She Sisterhood community at facebook.sacredshesisterhood.com where episodes happen live so you can ask questions in real time. Until next episode, I'm sending you so much love.